welcome to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. Our podcast was created to provide a safe space where women can share inspiring stories, real life experiences, and new ideas for how to break barriers, overcome challenges, and grow their career and selves. The podcast features incredible interviews with inspiring women, as well as a series of sessions that are focused on how you can grow as a purpose-driven leader, how you can advance your career, and how you can achieve all the goals you cite for yourself, personally and professionally. We're just getting started, and we want you along for the journey. Follow us on Instagram at LatticerJennifer, and also visit our website at womenleadershipnation.com. Erin Bagwell is a documentary filmmaker, blogger, and creative. She produced and directed Dream Girl, the documentary showcasing the stories of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs in New York City. In order to make this film, she raised $100,000 on Kickstarter and premiered the film at Obama's White House in May of 2016. In 2018, Erin became a mother and started filming her new short documentary, Year One. The film is an intimate look at the first year of motherhood through Erin's eyes. It addresses the identity shifts and the challenges of experiencing postpartum depression and the everyday extraordinary moments of being a new mom. Year One is set to release spring 2021. After living in Brooklyn for 10 years, Erin and her family recently moved back to her hometown, Buffalo, New York. And now I would like to welcome Erin Bagwell to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. I mean, to be honest, I am one of those weird people that's really always known that she wanted, I mean, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to make movies. Um, I fell in love with it in high school. and. I, you know, grew up as an army brat and I lived in Buffalo and I didn't know anybody in the industry. And I thought, you know, this will probably never happen, but this is what I love to do. And this Um, is what I studied in college. And so it's always been a deep passion of mine. That's incredible. You know what? You're the first person I've spoken to that actually knew from the beginning. You think, oh, really? Yeah, that's amazing. And so you always had this passion for filmmaking, but in your career, where did, where did you start out? Yeah. So I, I moved to New York city from Buffalo after studying um, digital media arts and getting a degree in design and, and videography and making tons and tons of short films um, at university and making short documentaries. And I moved to New York city with like big dreams of working in the documentary, um, field. But like you said, you know, we, we have to pay rent, we have to work. And I ended up, cause I have a dual major in design and video. I ended up being a designer, a graphic designer and working in advertising for about four or five years. Um, and kind of just, you know, I, when you're out of school and you're in the, the, you know, I was in a startup tech company, you're, you're learning how to work with people. You're learning how to communicate with clients. You're learning how to write emails. Like there was such just a, a whole vast world that I had never experienced kind of on that professional level. And, you know, even though it wasn't my dream job per se, 
I feel like I learned so many strategies and, you know, little things that later on, I ended up building into my company. So yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like how, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. And sometimes you might be in a certain role that you, you may have enjoyed it, but you were clearly your passionate filmmaker. So, you know, obviously it wasn't your end goal, but you probably did learn so many valuable skills that help you today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even just, I think the biggest thing is like learning how to work with other people, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we never do anything alone. We're not islands. And I think learning how to, you know, be a manager and learning from my managers on what I liked and what I didn't like. And, you know, I think we have a weird, a blended existence now, I think like, you know, your work life is your home life sometimes. And we're all experiencing this now with COVID, right? There's like not a lot of boundaries. So kind of learning how to set those emotionally and, and just kind of figuring out how to pick a team, how to hire people. I mean, um, there's so much to learn always. So you have a really incredible story though. I mean, I, I heard about you when, um, you were just releasing dream girl and I don't know if maybe you can tell us a little bit about that unique story of how you, um, left your job and ended up pursuing your passion and creating this incredible movie. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I was working in design. Um, I was an interactive designer And, you know, like we were talking about, we learn a lot of things, you know, from our corporate jobs. Some things are positive, some things are negative. Um, One of the things that happened to me kind of in the corporate world is I was being sexually harassed by my boss. Um, I lived in a, lived, I worked for a really just toxic company um, that was kind of led by all these older white men who then hired these young women to kind of do their bidding and do their work. And, um, it was a really negative environment and I felt like being there really changed the way I viewed myself. And, you know, I'm a person who knew what she wanted to do from day one. I'm really ambitious and very hardworking and I'm very dedicated and kind of being in a work environment where I wasn't being valued or taken seriously really hurt my self-esteem. And I got really into feminism and mm-hmm. I started a feminist storytelling blog called Feminist Wednesday. Right. We've got a little helicopter going over. And I just fell so in love with women's stories and hearing about other women's work experiences and, you know, how do they handle, you know, sexual harassment at their jobs or, you know, how do they stay inspired? And a group of women that I met specifically through the blog were entrepreneurs Now, these women, you know, ran their own schedules. They hired their own team. Um, They were kind of the antithesis of where I was in my career. So I was so magnetized to them and I so wanted to be like them. And I ended up quitting my job and just knowing that I wanted to focus on women's stories in some capacity. And incredible. How did you get the courage to make that jump? I have a really amazing, um, partner who was my boyfriend at the time is now my husband. And we had a very uncomfortable conversation about like what this job was doing to me and what the risks would be if I quit. 
Um, and I remember like a distinct conversation of walking home one night and just crying and feeling like mm-hmm. I hate this job, you know, like yeah. when you can feel something in your bones and it's just, but I was going to keep it. I mean, I had health insurance, you know, we needed to pay rent and he really encouraged me to, to quit that we'd find something else. You know, I have a lot of friends in the tech community. We were confident, like I'll find something right. You know, mm-hmm. let's just use something else as a stepping stone to get out of this position. Um, and I really felt like because part of my mental health was entangled in that job and it was so negative and I could feel myself change in the job and I could feel myself becoming less confident. I felt like this is, this is the right step. I've got to get out of there. It's almost more of a, like, it turns out it's almost more of a risk staying there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so you make the decision to leave and, um, and then you start, uh, you start exploring the idea. And I think you, you did a a fundraising for, to, to actually do your own movie, right? Yes. So I became obsessed with these women's stories on the blog. And I said, kind of while I was, you know, working freelance and kind of have a spending a lot of time alone and, you know, marinating on different ideas. And what if we could make a movie about these amazing entrepreneurs lives? What would it look like? What would it feel like? Who would be in it? Um, And I was obsessed with this idea and I did like a little trailer teaser for it to kind of see, you know, who I could cast and what it would be like and what it would look like. And I did a crowdfunding campaign for Kickstarter. And I believe it was like August of 2014 and we raised over a hundred thousand dollars to produce the film. And then my little filmmaking um, train that could just kind of took off and I got to hire a team and I got to make the movie of my dreams. And um, I worked on the film for about almost two years full time and we premiered um, at the White House under the Obama administration in May 2016. That's incredible. I think what's so exciting about it, too, is that not only did you get to make a film, but it was something that probably it really inspires you. And like, how does that feel? Like, what a difference compared to waking up with almost like a pit in your stomach knowing you have to go to work versus waking up being like, okay, let's go, you know? I mean, it's like night and day, right? I'm getting chills thinking about oh. it. And and I feel like I felt really privileged, you know? And I felt like when I was working long nights and working weekends, which I did all the time to finish the film, I just remember being like so grounded and so thankful mm-hmm. that this was my job. I remember once I wore like, it was like the middle of summer in New York City was like 90 degrees and I wore like a crop top to my like WeWork office. And I just was like, I can wear whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I think the freedom of being an entrepreneur is so intoxicating because even yeah. though you're working like a zillion hours, yeah. and it's, it doesn't feel you know, like it, right? You're not living on a yacht or anything, but it's, yeah, it just, it, there's something so nice about it. And I think especially for women, when we're constantly being told, you know, be in this box, look this certain way, act this certain way, work a certain way to be able to define that for yourself is, is really rewarding. Yeah, I think you really, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that the ability to have a voice and to come up with ideas and, and not have to rely on whether or not they get approved, you can just go for it. 
that's so rewarding. And do you find that that also, you know, going through the, the, the taping and the filming, did you find that you also learned a lot from these entrepreneurs? Oh, for sure. I mean, my um, audio gal, Sharon, I feel like said it best. She was like every day that we're on set. Cause I hired six women to help me, um, you know, film the documentary. So we had lighting, um, two camera operators. Um, I had an audio mixer and then we had a PA and then myself on set. Um, and Sharon was like, this is like a masterclass. Like every day we're coming in and we're interviewing these women for like two to three hours. And then I would ask, you know, I had my 15 questions that I wanted to get kind of to round out the different themes in the film. And then I would say, okay, like I'd open it up and then my crew would ask questions. So if they wanted to follow up on like a financial question or how somebody did something or have, have a story clarified. So I, it really was kind of a learning experience for all of us. So what advice do you have for, um, you know, young filmmakers that want to maybe follow in your footsteps? Well, um, I wrote a series for Feminist Wednesday um, called A Gal's Guide to Making a Movie, which is, um, I talk about the logistics of filmmaking, the finances, what I spent money on, but I also talk about kind of the spiritual aspect of it, like trusting yourself and, you know, the story of when I first became inspired as a high schooler and just kind of those little nuances that I think are deeply important when you're doing something that you're so passionate about. So if people are interested in kind of the chapter by chapter review of, of what it takes to make a a documentary and to, to bootstrap it yourself, I would recommend reading that. Um, But truly it's just about doing the work. It's about, it's about getting a project going and, you know, I always say, I was talking to another documentary filmmaker who was asking me some questions earlier this week. And she was like, you know, how do I start? And truly, I think make like a teaser, a trailer that's one to two minutes. That's Mm -hmm. a proof of concept that you can find subjects that you can build a little team. It's a, it's a super low, um, you know, it's not 30 minutes, not 60 minutes, like start really small. And then make it and put it out there and see who you magnetize, you know, see how you can fundraise, let that shape, you know, listen to your audience. When we did our first original Kickstarter trailer, someone was like, is this just going to be a film about young women? Is it just like young white women? Like, who are you focusing on? And I, I heard a lot of that feedback and was like, okay, what kind of a film do I want to make for the feature? Mm-hmm. Um, And so figuring all those different nuances and details out, I think is important, but starting small, creating something that you can kind of then sell or produce on a bigger scale, I think is super helpful. Oh, that's great advice. Because really, I mean, it's like you're, you're just like with a regular product, you're really testing the market before you invest too much and go too far. And, you know, some amazing things could come from that. And so for you, um, you know, what what have you been working on now and and sort of what is your you know what would you like to accomplish in the future what really drives you now well um i'm a mom now um congratulations gave, thank you i have um an 18 month old um daughter named virginia and um in the same way that i felt kind of engaged in this big question for dream girl about what does it take to be an entrepreneur when i became a mother i was so surprised at how hard it is mm-hmm. yeah. and how 
it changed my identity and the way that I viewed myself that I was really, I felt really lost. Um, and so I started kind of accidentally filming my motherhood journey and I've been working on a short documentary over the last year and a half since, um, Virginia has been born just about kind of exploring these, these new ideas and these new feelings and something that happened to me, um, while I was a mother as I experienced really horrible postpartum depression. Um, and so So navigating that Mm -hmm. and, and figuring that out and how I, and coping with kind of how do I change the, the narrative and the story of my motherhood journey that started in a really, um, intense and, and, and a little bit negative way having to deal with that. So I made a, a short film about it that I'm finishing up right now. It's a, and, it's good because it's like honest, right? And a lot of times when you see, I was a young, young mom, I had, um, children, I had cancer, so I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. And I ended up getting pregnant, um, at, I was 18. I got married at 18. I wasn't even old enough to buy the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, ch- you know, you're, you're, the emotions, like before you have the children or your child, you're so excited and, and it's all about, you know, you think it's going to be this picture perfect. And there are so many incredible things, uh, don't get me wrong, but it is hard and it's emotional, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people um, don't give themselves the permission to, to speak mm-hmm. honestly and say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Yeah, I mean, I for sure. And and I remember those first few weeks just kind of like drowning and feeling like, hey, like what's going on? Like, why aren't we having these conversations? Where, you know, where are the movies? Where are the podcasts? Where are the, you know, I was really starved for stories about how I was feeling. And I felt like my experience really wasn't reflected anywhere. Um, in fact, I felt like really offended by the versions of kind of caricature moms that we see often in the media that, you know, like have it all together and like, there's nothing wrong. Like, it just yeah. felt really disconnected from, from my own experience. So, um, I'm very proud of this film. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever made before. I feel like I've made it in this little safe cocoon that I thought no one would watch. Um, and now I'm kind of having to process sharing it with the world soon. Um, <laughs> That's good though, because I think, yeah, I think it's going to be so good because, because you did it that way in a way, because you weren't necessarily thinking of it holding back and yeah. And, yeah. Having something well, that's so open and honest is great. Well, I think in a lot of ways, and I've, I've kind of always felt this about editing and producing it's, it feels so therapeutic for me. And I really wanted to take this question and understand this new piece of my life and really explore it and really kind of do the work and, and dig deep and find out what it means, you know, to, to answer these big questions about like being a mother and how is it going to change me? And how do I feel about my career now and myself and my body? And there are so many different pieces. So it really was kind of just an exercise in, in having a conversation with oneself and trying to kind of learn and explore and forgive and, um, and really honor this beautiful, different chapter. Mm -hmm. 
And how did, how did, uh, when you do something so personal like that, how do, you know, do you have other people in your family involved as well? And how do they feel about being part of that? Is that a pro, is that something you also have to, um, have a lot of support in or. It's interesting. So my husband is in the film, um, but it's really, most of it is really just the journey of, you know, me and my daughter and, Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like a diary in a way of hearing just these kind of almost journal-like entries of what I'm experiencing. Um, and it was kind of my intention that the film be kind of quiet in the Mm -hmm. sense that like when you're a new mom and you're, you know, on the playground for 10 hours or, you know, you're, there's not a lot of human interaction. You're kind of your own, um, you are your own island, just to go back to that analogy. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I didn't, there wasn't like a lot of, um, you know, my mother is out of town and my in-laws are farther away as well. So it was really just kind of the story of the three of us, our little nuclear family. Because you know, that's a lot of times what happens, like how you describe in terms of the island, you know, that you all of a sudden you're leading a really busy life and then, and then all of a sudden everything stops and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of good and amazing things, but there's also a lot of things that you have to learn how to cope with. Um, and that's assuming everything's going well. I know <laughs> I had a baby that one of my children had um, really bad colic mm-hmm. and you know, there was times where I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I just need to have a shower. She's going to be yeah. fine in the bassinet and she can cry mm-hmm. because I need a shower. You just need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's great that you're tackling this. Um, and, you know, Dream Girl, um, that movie came out um, before, you know, some of the major things that are happening with Time's Up and things like that in, in the industry. How do you feel, you know, over the last few years, things have shifted? Do you think that they've shifted for the better and people are able to have conversations about gender parity and making sure that stories are being told that are real about women? I mean, it's tough, right? I I think we're still in this um, navigating period, but I think the first step into acknowledging or making changes, acknowledging that, you know, there is a problem. And I think obviously, you know, in the States, we're seeing that with Black Lives Matter, you know, there's a lot of reckoning that we need to do as a culture about the way that women are depicted, people of color, um, queer people, trans, I mean, you know, marginalized stories have been ignored for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And I do think that we're at this precipice where people are getting... I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to, to say or name, you know, what has kind of shifted us. Um, right. I'm sure there's, it's a multi-dimension thing of why we're kind of seeing all this change happen kind of within this year. Um, but I think it's incredible and I think it's powerful. And I think technology has also given so many tools to us to be able to produce and share these stories on a small scale. I mean, I'm telling my motherhood journey, Um, you know, I got an investor to give me $5,000 so I could pay my DP for a year, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's super small scale. I have a tiny team. I'm doing it, you know, in my bedroom in Brooklyn. I'm editing, you know, night and day. And, you know, that's possible because we have the technology. I mean, even crowdfunding to be able to raise the money to produce Dream Girl was something I could have never did 10 years ago. So, yeah. you know, I think we're at this really cool space where people are getting access to more funding and more opportunities. And, and I think we really need this reckoning to be able to acknowledge and to be able to do better and figure out, okay, you know, what we, what can we do and how can we, you know, continue to make the world a more equitable place? I agree. I think now's the time. And I think that, um, I think people are getting more courage to, to just, you know, follow their dreams and just go for it. It's almost like it's more accepted to, okay, some things might fail, but you'll never know what will succeed if you don't just try it. And like you said, because you have access to certain tools and technologies and, you know, you're not necessarily having to invest so much money because, you know, you have things that you can do um, on your own as well and, and just go for it. And I think, do you find that even the journey of you doing this next documentary is helping you through some of the trying to find yourself again? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the big thing was I felt so much guilt about my postpartum depression and I didn't really know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was such a huge imprint on like the start of my journey. And I think learning to, I mentioned the word forgive earlier, learning to forgive myself, you know, for experiencing it and giving myself a break and saying, okay, like I did the best I could, you know, with what I had and what support I had. And, um, you know, the last, you know, 19 months I've been a full-time stay-at-home mom, you know, on top of following my other passions and, you know, trying to run another business. And it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And, you know, I think working on year one, which is what this new documentary is called, has given me Mm -hmm. a lot of perspective. I mean, even just to look at the footage of me, you know, for the from the first three months, and, you know, your hair is disheveled, and, you know, you can't really even get dressed, and I could barely find time to brush my teeth. I mean, you just feel I felt so much compassion for myself when I know in those moments, I was really hard on myself. Right. You know, I wanted to have it more together. And so I think even just having the time, you know, to have my daughter grow up and to, you know, get it together so I can put on pants now every day, you know, just those <laughs> small little things that just yeah. shift over time. Yeah, I think that's that's incredible. And hopefully when people are watching your new movie and they might be in that situation where you were, hopefully they'll give themselves a little bit more leniency and saying it's okay if you make a whole day and you end up brushing your teeth at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't be hard on yourself. It's okay. Because honestly, and, and also being able to not just put so much pressure on being perfect and trying to enjoy the moment. Do you think have, um, are you big into mindfulness as well? Like, is that something that has evolved from part of this as well as giving yourself time to just take in the beautiful parts that are happening? Yeah. I mean, I, I found that my mindfulness has definitely shifted. I mean, I remember being pregnant and like 
you know, having a two hour morning routine where I would meditate and do a tarot card and journal. And I definitely, it doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting up at five in the morning with a baby, but, right. um, but it definitely, and I've written a little bit of about this on my blog is, is kind of about the presence and finding kind of just those moments, like almost like a micro meditation of, you know, being on a walk with her or looking into her eyes while she's on the swing, you know, just like really trying to ground myself into those things that come up yeah. as opposed to carving out kind of a more intentional time, which I would love to get back to eventually. That's definitely um, always great. The other thing that my husband and I actually do every night is we have like um, a date night to brush our teeth together. That's awesome. <laughs> so instead of having like the morning routine, which we used to do together, you know, yeah. now we have like a night routine, which we kind of do our check-in and, and it's kind of sweet. And um, so we've had to kind of shift, you know, what, what, what is usually working. <laughs> we actually have a little thing where when I put them to sleep, we have like a, just a little moment together and every single night I give them two crystals and um, one of them is, I say, what are you grateful for? And I'm, and then I give them the second one and say, okay, now what are you grateful for? Like I get them to think of two things every single night that he's grateful for. And it's, it's such an incredible journey. So it'll be interesting to see you have the year one, but. Um, I know I'm just like at the very beginning. still. I love hearing yeah. about other and, and how it changes and grows. And, you know, and I think that's part of what I've learned too, is even you know, the things that were crazy the first year, I can hardly remember, you know, as they continue to get older. So I'm so looking Yeah, I think that like maybe something moments. happens to us where we forget so that we'll have more kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> if we remembered, if we may have, may think twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Any other advice that you give to, because we have a lot of people that are listening that are, you know, in the middle of their career or just getting started and, you know, any other advice you have for young filmmakers that, you know, you wish you had known when you were just getting started? I would just say to be open and to be truthful and in, in what lights you up and what makes you curious. I think in order to be a good you know, especially documentary filmmaker, you have to be deeply curious about a question. You have to want to seek out an answer. Um, you know, most films take many, many years to complete. And so you have to stay really like involved and really impassioned about an idea. So, you know, I think knowing yourself, learning about yourself, what we talked about with the mindfulness, like whatever kind of tools you can do to really like sink into what you love. Mm -hmm. And then I would say like, I talk to people all the time and they're like, I want to quit my job or I want to write a novel or, you know, they have these big audacious dreams and that's incredible. And we should have those high dreams, but like, what is the smallest thing you can do every day to walk towards those dreams? You know, what is the first thing that you can, um, you know, write down in the morning? Okay. I'm going to make this phone call. Cause I want to learn more about this or, you know, I'm going to send one email and, and see if this person might be interested in collaborating. Like it doesn't start, <laughs> you know, overnight yeah. these, um, these big things. And so I think really just kind of taking the small steps is actually the most important thing. 
I think that's incredible advice because, you know, I also believe the same thing in the fact that, you know, if you do just quit your job, um, you know, in many cases, it may not work out, like being quite honest, right? You know, like you, there's a lot of foundational things you have to have in place and um, you it, it doesn't just happen overnight. I think a lot of times you see on TV or you hear stories of like overnight successes and it's not always like that at all, right? Well, and I think especially, you know, something I've tried to think about all the time is like, I don't want to be an overnight success. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not ready to field, you know, a zillion questions about postpartum depression per se. Like I haven't done that research yet. Like I haven't spoken to enough moms yet. Like there's, I still have a lot of work to do to get where I need to be, you know, not only in my career, but I think even like on a mental state of like being able to handle a certain volume of, you know, energy coming at you. Um, and I, I think especially when we start something new, we make a lot of mistakes. You know, this is one of the first interviews I've ever had about year one. And I'm sure as I continue to talk about it, it'll continue to evolve and I'll continue to figure out, you know, the main messaging I want to say, but I think it's such a privilege to be able to figure it out and to not be held to the standard that, you know, some of our other um, great entrepreneurs are, especially as women. So I'm okay with <laughs> kind <laughs> no. of being in this space where we get to learn and we get to figure it out and we get to make mistakes. And that's, that's a blessing too. Well, I feel truly honored that you're talking about it with me because I do think it's a, first of all, I love your movie. I, I, you inspire me as well of everything you've accomplished. And I love that you're so raw and honest about everything. And so um, I definitely can't wait till it's out and be able to see it and celebrate with you because uh, I think that that story needs to be told. Thank you. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous, That's but, I, but I am excited and I'm excited to connect with, you know, other, other mothers and other women and other parents. I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be an amazing journey. And if people are interested and want to watch dream girl, um, or year one, um, dream girl is free on YouTube. People can just Google dream girl documentary and it'll pop right up. And then if people are interested in, um, year one, I'm, I think that will be released kind of later this winter. So if people want to follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter they can they can find me there and what i'll do is uh when i send this out i'm going to uh, put all your information there too so that they can find it very easily perfect yeah well thank you so much i really it's been such a pleasure yeah of course this is um a wonderful conversation and I'm, i'm so glad i got to share a little bit so thank you for having me Thanks for listening to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Latticer Jennifer and visit us on our website at www.womenleadershipnation.com. Together, we can keep breaking barriers.